come to our second part of uh, the 30 minutes with Mark more than 30 with MJ Wemoto and today we're just going to be running more on our long list of the albums that we did uh, we did a previous episode that we covered 10 uh, of our top albums of course we have a list that is shared and uh, other few that are not shared and this week we felt that there are some few entries that could really make it in our top 10 but those entries are as equally important to be on the list so we have those and we're going also to be bringing you eps uh five eps from each one of us that are also uh, making it as our top eps for 2022 mj welcome on today's episode mark what's up man we had a very funny one uh the last one uh, i was like just doing going through it and i was like you know what i'm just gonna brag a little here that um i haven't really heard something <laughs> like that coming from this part of the continent and i'm like that is that like you're just gonna get that on the mj edition of the 30 minute mark more than 30 this time around so yeah just a humble brag over there that was a good show that was a good show so just to go very very quickly onto our long list because we had like five more extra uh, albums that we wanted to look at and on that one we had uh, one shared album and that was ko's scandal republic 3 that uh, came out on September 16th uh, with 14 songs. Oh yeah. I found that uh, this uh, particular album arrived at a very important time and it had a very, very nice um, introduction track that came in form of Sete that had Young Stana and Blackie in there. And this went out to become one of the huge, if not the biggest tracks that KO has ever had and the biggest hip hop track of this year in the South African scene. I know, and I remember, MJ, that you did a breakup video of this one in your channel in YouTube, trying to say how Sete was crafted to become this track that is just a fire track. So, MJ, what did you feel about uh, Scandal Republic 3 that is coming out um, five years after Scandal Republic 2 and uh, three years after KO's last album, Party Unlimited? Yeah, I think KO did, did a phenomenal job to to bring something to the table, but he rediscovered the allure of um, the Skanda Republic series by giving us, um, obviously, Sete, which is head and shoulders above the rest, um, the biggest song off of that album. And it's probably going to be the biggest song of his career ever. And that's, that's huge. Sete alone makes this album well worth it. But um, he definitely went back to a formula formula that works for him. And he's so experimental. It's so cool, man, just seeing um, how he crafts different sounds. I think the music is, is, is fantastic. And he found a good mix between the hip hop that he loves to do and the South African sound. He really did an amazing job trying to mix this one up. Because uh, if I look at a track like Owani, that uh, he has Msaki in there is actually a very very fire track and you know having msaki in your song is just going to give you this you know just transport you to this other place and uh, you know most of the time it feels like it's a spiritual track so that was also a very nice feature to see there but i think uh, i wanted you to touch a little bit on the combination that um, ko found when he did sete with young stan and blackie it really was a phenomenon but how did this arrive just briefly because you have done a breakdown video of this one in your YouTube channel? I think what City really accomplished comes from, first of all, 
KO being an originator of hip-hop in South Africa when he was part of uh, Tear Gas, a very successful group, but looking to mesh his sound with something new and something trending. That's where you get Young Stana, who's a phenomenal I'm a piano artist, and then Blackie, who's, uh, who's owned the hip-hop um, side of things, uh, particularly in the melodic hip-hop. Uh, section of things in South Africa over the last two years. Those were, that that was a perfect feature. But the music in itself, really, when you peel down, peel the layers, um, you realize that uh, the beat is more of an Afro beats uh, sort of um, uh, type of beat, you know, with a little hint of maybe a log drum in there. Um, and then even the way they, the delivery in itself it's not all the way out hip hop. It's actually more like a, you know, a sing rap type of um, uh, thing. And then for anyone who's South African, they're more likely going to understand the lyrics too, which are, you know, um, quite well placed. And you just have this phenomenal sort of concoction um, of everything that works. Sometimes, you know, the stars align and this is what happened with this track and it resonates, I mean, Jeez, man, it's sitting on, I think, like 10 million views on Spotify, uh, 10 million streams on, on Spotify, which is ridiculous. Um, that's that's like next level. Uh, KO cannot even talk of a song doing anything close to that. His biggest hit of his career before Sete was Karakara. And Karakara is sitting on like 1.3 million streams on Spotify. That tells tells you the whole story, bro. Different times, different, uh, you know, these numbers and uh, measures. And I think uh, the phenomenon that you're saying, they try to link up the Afrobeats beat. Uh, we saw it slightly being used by AKA and NCC on Lemon Lemonades. Did you think that it's going to pick up maybe some anytime soon in the South African mu music, given their relationship with the Nigerians is slightly compl complicated most of the times when it comes to the music? That's the sound of 2023 coming out of South Africa. Straight up, you have two huge hits, huge hits coming from rappers using that um, that formula with that genre, which is like uh, a bit of Afro beats and then a slight log drum and then some sort of rapping on there, particularly in that sing rap sort of realm. We're going to hear a lot more songs um, using that formula coming out of South Africa. And sooner or later, we're going to hear some fire South Africa-Nigeria collaborations because they'll fit on it like a glove. All right. I'm just going to take those words and mark it on my diary that on 2023, we're going to be definitely seeing a lot more uh, of the combination of the sounds from South Africa, borrowing a little bit from Afrobeats uh, other than uh, the other direction round because uh, they have been taking a lot of uh, log drums from South Africa and mixing them into uh, Afrobeats. And now we see and hear this new flavor of songs from uh, Nigeria. So MJ, uh, the rest of the four albums are actually very different. You have a very unique list and I had my own very, very uh, independent list. <laughs> so I wanted you to touch on um, your next choice. That was Shasha, I'm Alive. I know this work is very personal and it, ha it has a lot of history behind it. So if you don't mind, walk us through that particular history as well because Shasha has been quiet for some time 
And when she came back, she came back with I'm Alive. So what is the background story about this particular album and what made it to your long list section? So just looking at Shasha's trajectory, um, you know, she comes through, I think this was like 2018, 2019. I think it was 2019. Um, yeah, 2019. Um, she comes through with the Blossom EP, eight fire tracks, and she's quickly crowned the queen of Amapiano. You know, she's working with DJ Mapori, Sakabza de Small, something Soweto. And, you know, off the back of, of that, um, she wins a BT award. And, you know, she then drops um, Woza in 2020, which was huge. Again, as a song, um, very nice video. Then Radio Silence. Bro, Radio Silence from a BET award winner. That has to that has to worry anybody, anybody, because at that time, that's when she she had the goodwill of the whole entire world because she had won a BET award and she, she last dropped um, in 2020 was quiet for pretty much the whole of 2021 until like December where she dropped um, a song with um I think it was Kamonpela and uh, Fellow Leti, which did moderately okay. It didn't do great, great, but it did okay. And during that time, I can only uh, assume she was going through something. Um, it might have been something about the music deals that she she had been on because she wasn't dropping any music, which is, it just doesn't make sense for somebody who had achieved so much in so little time. But um, the Sam Alive album also, 2022, really gives that signal that you know what whatever happened she knows she was too quiet but she decided she's gonna come through and give give us a banger of an album and what i liked about the album besides the fact that you know she dropped an album was she gave us a more balanced version of shasha which i expected which was the soulful uh, ama piano or, or which we call yano soul uh, but there was also that soulful R&B, which I think is, that was her, always her lane. And um, she created a fantastic balance on I'm Alive with, um, with uh, those two genres in particular. And I mean, besides her voice is absolutely heavenly. Execution was top-notch. Quality was right up there. I mean, really good album. That's a very nice breakdown, MJ. Are you seeing her now back on the track? Like, I mean, mentally, do you think things are going to go back to normal now that she's maybe finding her feet in it? Because I think even the title of this particular album, I'm Alive, was supposed to be a message, like just clearly out there that I'm still there. Yeah, she's back on track now. It's going to take a bit more work to get her back to that, to the dizzy heights of um, uh, 2019 and 2020. But other than that, uh, she's back on track. She's working hard. You can see her socials are active. We're getting photos. Everything is happening as we go. So uh, in my opinion, nothing can stop her. She's ready. All right. That is very great to hear. And MJ, on my side, I had uh, this amazing 20-year-old Ghanaian artist now, Blacko or Black Sheriff, uh, with the villain I never was, his entry, his debut album for 2022 the album is 14 songs deep and uh came out on october the 6th uh 2022 
So the thing about Blacko, right? I couldn't really imagine he would become this thing because he is now carrying the Asaka genre on his back. That Ghanaian dream is now having a poster kid and that poster kid is uh, currently Black Sheriff. Black Sheriff has been able to work with some of the amazing people. We saw him on a Stormzy album, a very interesting song. What I mean, he is there alongside Jacob Collier. That is a huge, huge cosign for an artist who is just 20 years old and having a debut album to his name. But the most amazing thing that I think happened with Black Sheriff was his feature on the second sermon that he featured Barnaboy. That was where everything really, really changed. And as much as I love uh, the first sermon more than the second sermon, things really changed when Barnaboy jumped on second sermon remix. And that was the beginning of everything else. Now, Blacko was everywhere. And on this album, he just pours his art out. He's an, an amazing rapper. He writes these very deep songs, songs like uh, Kwaku the Traveler, which really traveled far and wide. And it resonated because the message was really out there in the open that whoever hasn't done anything wrong, please, hands in the air. And he just took the airwaves by storm with Kwaku the Traveler. And as a follow-up track to such a big hit as Second Sermon, I think it was just an amazing uh, feat to see. And then for him to be ready and releasing a debut behind otherwise these two very hot tracks, it was just an amazing feat to see. Uh, his discography has grown. His demand has skyrocketed. And when you go back and look at his history, it is something that is definitely uh, a model and a very true reaction of how artists in these parts of the world, that to me, Africa, really came from the very humble beginnings. And these are the humble of the humble. This is the very, very bottom. When you look at the Asaka genre, I know we have been talking about this for some time now, that it's going to be something that is huge. And that drill that they infuse and how raw it feels and how beautiful it is that they craft the videos the personas of the singers and everything else, the movement itself, and it being driven by such young people, such as this 20-year-old Black Sheriff, it really speaks a lot about the power of music and how driven these young men are from Ghana. So it was really, to me, uh, more the resilience or the effort that Black Sheriff has shown and is driving. So tracks like 45, Toxic Love City, Paku the Traveler, and Second Sermon 2, old remix, these are like the tracks that I listen to back to back. There is an amazing treasure trove of tracks in this particular album. That's pretty awesome. You know, I still haven't listened to his album. <laughs> you are joking. You're joking. You're joking. I'm serious. I haven't listened to his album. I don't even know the Second Sermon remix. I know Kwaku the Traveler. That's the song that I've listened to. Yeah. And I probably have listened to um, some other tracks uh, but I honestly have not listened to this album or much of his discography. So you really have to now, go back to uh, that after your review. I will, I will go and listen to this. I mean, like whenever I come across an interesting uh, musician, MJ, what I'll do, right? I'll listen to maybe let's say one track, and then I'll go to the discography, 
when I listen to the discography and I'm like, okay, it is connecting. I'm going to find everything about that artist. I'm going to find interviews. I'm going to find whatever features that he has done, articles, whatever it is that you, like you name it. But I'm going to be taking everything about that artist to just contextualize where is this art coming from. And I think that is the case, or that has been the case with me, with Blacko. He just really, his story is so powerful when you get to hear it. And I think that is the thing that is going to put him there in the map. Some of the songs are very sad in this particular album and they will just really touch you there, you know, and you'll just get to connect with them. Some of them are in three, which is a little bit hard to understand, but the vibe, that drill, and the fact that he can play with his sound in these different aspects, you know, he can sing, he can rap. He just doesn't want to be boxed in one place. That is the most amazing thing about this thing and what Black Sheriff or Blacko, uh, as they call him, or as he calls himself, uh, does so immensely and so beautifully in this particular album. Yeah, he does. He does. I think the standout for me, um, like I said, I've listened to a couple of tracks. I think his delivery is um, one of the most unique deliveries I've ever heard from anybody um, that's that's aligned with rap in any form. Um, his delivery is out of this world. Perfect. Now we come back to you and I'm seeing here you have DJ Cleo, Escalene Street Music Volume 1. And I remember that we talked about something like Escalene Janos uh, last year. And seeing the name, I was like, okay, what is this? What is behind the scenes? I tried to listen to this EP uh, just like a few hours ago. And I was like, okay, this uh, has to be something that is very personal to MJ that he had to mention this one. So what is behind uh, DJ Cleo? We know he was big, very, very huge. He had a very nice track last year that was very captivating, but he hasn't really come back to find the heights that he was in when he released uh, some of his very earliest releases in his career. But he has been uh, making music since then. So Escalene Street Music Volume 1. What is about this particular album, MJ? I don't know if you asked his, I think it was his interview with uh, Mac G on Podcast and Chill. But um, he, he mentioned, uh, you know, just some of um, his, his motivations behind making, you know, music now. He loves music. He's always been in music. Um, he knows the dizzy heights of success in music at, at the very top. This guy toured the world as DJ Cleo. Um, he might not be getting the numbers um, as many numbers as as he, he gets um, he, he used to get back in the day but one thing that has impressed me is without being a maybe uh, doing big numbers anymore the music he's making is so good but particularly Escalene Street Music Volume 1 there's complete standout aspect about it production wise DJ Cleo is top tier, top tier. But what he does is he's teamed up with people you do not know at all from the South African scene and still made fire music, which is like, yo, these sound like seasoned artists and created a great album to give us for, um, and you dropped this in, in October. And it, to me, it's a story of, it doesn't matter whether you're at the top doing millions of views 
or you're only getting getting a few thousand streams here and there. The music is good. The music is good. And um, from an Amapiano perspective, he he has his own Amapiano sound, which doesn't necessarily sound like every single sort of Amapiano song you hear. Because Amapiano tends to do that. You could listen to five songs and they sound largely the same. He's found his own niche and he's found a way to appeal to a different market. Last year, he did it with um, a gospel album. It was gospel Amapiano. Nobody had done that. Um, now he's come back with like this, what he calls street music and it's sounding fire, bro. I know it is very personal uh, when you get to tell it like that because you seem to really be engraved in the music and in the process that DJ Cleo goes with. But I want to know, do you think this sound can break out? You know, can it become larger than just DJ Cleo himself? I think no, uh, simply because it's a DJ Cleo sound. If you followed his music, even when he was producing for other artists, um, like your Zege Zeges and uh, you know, pitch black Afro and all those, all those greats in South African music. There were certain instruments or certain bits of the song, which were so DJ Cleo that nobody could make it that same way. It's kind of like um, Timberland, for example, Timberland's got a DNA in his music, which there's some songs which you're like, yo, this is Timberland and nobody can take that and run with it as well as he does or make a genre out of it. I don't think so, but I think that's what makes it unique. He's got his own market. So if it ever blows up, it's going to blow up being a DJ Cleo thing. But I think the sound can be popular less on in the online space, more in the streets in South Africa. And South Africa is a hotbed for, for such stories where you're going to get artists um, outside DJ Cleo himself that make music, but we'll never hear about them online or we'll never uh, see their songs on the charts, but then they're, they're still making millions and doing shows and everything like that. And uh, there are very few countries that could do the same thing. And South Africa is one of the few countries in the world that has such a dominant underground scene that somebody could be well-known in a province in South Africa and become a millionaire out of music, but they're not known outside that province. It is very crazy when you get to think about it in that particular way. But I'm like, it is what it is at the end of the day. You know, like stuff like this truly happens and it really happens uh, for such acts. Now, MJ, I have a list on my end and that was Mafiki Zolo's Idwala album. I felt like this uh, 14 songs album, which is their 12th offering, was truly unique because the sound that uh, Mafiki Zolo has been trying to achieve for most of their career was this quieto sound. But on this particular album, they just found a way to merge and came out with something that is truly unique. And just, you know, I think if you looked at the imprint of time and you looked at their career, you're going to place everything else on its side and you're going to be placing Idwala on its own cabinet because it really sounds very different. And to me, it was a sign of maturation that, you know, we are moving from just being these deep, quieto artists into something 
else. We know we want to merge with the new, the upcoming, the fresh flavors that are out there. And we want to make them into our bodies of work. And that is like what Idwala to me uh, meant. It means rock uh, in, uh, in, the, in, in their language. But this album to me, MJ, was a very crazy thing uh, that when you found an artist that has already uh, done 12 studio albums still finds the strength to come. And they become so humble and so tuned to the current state of music. And they just don't go to the studio and make something for their own. But they say, you know what? Let me bring this young person. I see they are doing amazing stuff. Let me pull up this particular producer. He's doing a very fresh sound. And I am going to use my strength and whatever it is that I have encompassed over my career. And then let's see what happens in this particular tune. And that to me was what happened here. It's a rare case that you find... uh, them working with a person like Sjava uh, and they have a track here called 10K, which I absolutely love. Uh, a very nice track that they released uh, last year with Simi uh, Mamezala. It was a quite catchy, beautiful, uh, this wedding-esque kind of track. And you know, with Simi, you get this Sun L kind of vibe in there. It's something that you really don't see um, Mafiki Zolo going into, but here, they really like got attuned to that taste. And they said, you know what, we are going to do it. And they really, really did it in such a way that it was just perfect to get to here. That's pretty interesting. You know, um, one thing that comes up, I think in many ways, uh, what I said about DJ Cleo does apply to Mafigizolo. Although I think um, they've had more, a slightly more commercial success in the last maybe um, uh, five, six, seven years or more than he has. But generally speaking, um, they, this is the type of artist now that's really catering to usually people that have already, um, been listening to Mafia Izolo anyway. And you can kind of, um, almost, uh, tell that by, um, just, uh, the numbers that this album did, it has some songs which are like blowout songs, like Nyegebalungi, uh, which is like a almost at like four million streams. But then another song on the album is only nine thousand, you know, um, uh, streams. And it's kind of like the comparison is so weird. It's like how, but that's how they've sort of kept their name up there. They will always have one song, maybe one song a year or one song every two years. That blows everything out of the water. Then everything else is just like around that. It's like in the fringes. Um, what I found um, interesting is they, I think they started experimenting with just different sounds. When Mafigizolo, for me, when they started, and this is a long time ago, bro, when there were still three band members um, instead of two. They were definitely in that Afro pop realm and, you know, wedding songs, love songs and stuff. Then they actually went to the more Kwaito sound. Kwaito with with that housey South African sound. Then they kind of graduated to that. Uh, I think it was maybe just at a a certain point in time. But I think this album is actually taking them back to the old, old Mafigizolo now. So that was super interesting. Um, one thing I didn't 
understand was why they actually included Nyege um, Balunge there. They released that song in 2019, but it's such a huge song. It's probably their biggest song of the last five years or something. So it kind of makes sense. This is that waterfall strategy that that uh, many artists are using in um, in their releases where you you pick and choose certain singles that have been pre-released and then the numbers count towards your your album streams, which, you know, does well for for the optics and everything else. So probably that's why they did it. But um, yeah, I see I see the the sound and everything else actually coming full circle. It is really a beautiful album uh, to listen to. I mean, I have been going back to read several times and just, you know, appreciating it more and more. And I think it really is that testament, Kwamba. You can be big, you can be a legend. It is like the same uh, theory that Oskido is currently using. You know, this man has worked and worked. He has been uh, in the industry since the inception, but now he releases a body of work that says, listen to the youngings. And, you know, it is really like a very humble approach to the times and being able to really understand that this industry, how it changes, it goes with a certain taste at a certain time. After your time has passed, sometimes it's better to just abandon that ship and be into another one. So it is really a beautiful scene to see uh, what, what is arguably the biggest group in South Africa over recent times to get to release this body of work. And they pull up uh, people such as Amifaku, which might, they might have been really coming to music, being inspired by them in the first place. So I really loved it because of that. It really is speaking a lot, just more than just the music itself. I agree. So I have uh, with you here, MZV, Turn 30 album. This is quite a new name to me. Uh, I'm not really familiar with this one. So let's uh, break it down. Uh, who is this guy? Bruh, Miss V, come on, man. Miss V is um, a Ghanaian vocalist. She is amazing. Um, when I started uh, doing uh, wider African album reviews, um, instead of just Zimbabwean ones, um, I actually did a review for... Um, I think it was like second album, which is called uh, Davi, um, which she released in 2017. She has got a powerful voice and I love how she uses it. And, um, you know, over, over time, I think her career has not uh, necessarily gone in the direction that justifies the talent of her voice and her music and everything else. But she has found some... Um, success, particularly with the song Sing My Name with Pato Ranking. I don't know if you remember that, probably from a few years back. And um, Come and See My Mother with uh, Yemi Alade. Those are two two of the biggest songs um, that she's ever done in her career. And, um, you know, this album, 1030, the most unique part about it was, I think, finally, she got to a place where she just didn't feel any pressure to become something else in the music industry. I think she just got to, to a place in her life where she was like, yo, I got a good voice. I've had hit songs. I can make some nice music. Let me just make music that I want to make. And the freedom that she showed in that album is beautiful. 
experimenting with different genres and um, textures of music to align with her voice. It's, in my opinion, her most mature album to date. And um, I hope she makes more music like this. I think I'm just going to bump it towards this weekend, definitely, uh, because she's really new to me. I am surprised that she has such a wide and deep career in the music and, you know, what you have said that has happened to her career as well. So I am moving to what is my only Ama Piano entry, and that is the Ghost album by Satria. And uh, this one was really a beautiful experience getting to listen to this because we have been starving with Ama Piano releases since the beginning of the year. And things took a very beautiful turn towards the very end of the year. This album came out on October 28th, has 19 songs and has a one hour and 54 minutes runtime. So it is by no way or means a short album, but the gems that are in here, as we've always talked about Ama Piano, this is a DJ's um, kind of uh, music, but you still, as a normal listener, find some gems in here. But the beauty of this is what Satriel is able to achieve in this particular album. He just does amazing stuff in here. It's a voice that is very beautiful. And it's an album that you go and like the intro. You know, like the intro song is what you like because it is just that beautiful. You can play that one on repeat. And that is not like a small feat because some intros really are not at par with the albums. But this particular one, the intro is something that pulls you in and you like it. And when you start the journey to listen to the album, you're like, okay, maybe he'll just go into sprinkle songs here and there, you know, uh, maybe put the beautiful songs in the, be in the beginning and then leave the end with some very, you know, mid songs and, you know, find some heat and put it, you know, at the very, very end. But this particular one, MJ, I found the 18th track, you know, in this particular album to be the most beautiful track I've ever heard this year in the Ama Piano landscape. And that was the one that Satriel had featured Soa Matrix. Uh, it, the name of the track is Abaya Z Abaya Funayo. So this is, I don't know, man. I don't know how to categorically say what this song is, but it's one song that I have gone back to back to back and replayed it, you know, like countless times. And I'm like, is it so a matrix? Is it Satriel? Like, where is the magic in this song? And then I'm like, okay, it doesn't really matter whose magic is in this song, but just listen to it. Just enjoy it for what it is. And that is like what I found in this particular album. Like, there are very nicely tracked gems inside of it. And given that we had been starving with our piano, it arrived at a very critical time. And with that release, it ushered even more releases as the year came to the very, very end. We have had a number of beautiful Ama Piano projects, but this one from Satriel is just, you know, something that is beautiful and amazing to listen to. Nice. I, I did listen to it. Admittedly, I never, never, got, never got to finish it. I just um, picked up uh, the songs that I wanted to hear. And I just added them to like my Amapiano playlist. So that's what I listened to. And maybe it speaks to, honestly speaking, work, kids, whatever the case may be. I do not have two hours to listen to an album. I just don't have the time. So usually what I do with an album like this is I'll listen maybe to the first 
seven or eight tracks and feel out whether I want to keep listening to the rest of them. And then I just keep going. I think uh, from an Ama Piano perspective, uh, Sotril might have probably um, one of the top five albums of this year. No doubt. It was just amazing to listen to this one, MJ. Like, I couldn't believe I could find a very beautiful track at the very end of the album. And that is what I found. It was like profound to get to experience that one. That was a good one, man. And um, I don't know. I think as a debut album too, he did well. Very, very well. So we're going to be closing our list of albums with your last selection. And that was Soon's Soon. Again, a very new name to me. And I'm like, where does MJ get all this time to find such uh-huh. unique names? Um, and he, he just yeah. said like, you know, he can't listen to a full, I'm a piano, you know, because of work and kids and whatever. But still, man, you're on the ground finding these otherwise gems that I've really not heard of. So what is this one here, MJ? The Soon album. Okay. Um, so first of all, it's called Sun, like the sun, but it's spelled S-S-H-S-U-H-N, S-U-H-N, Sun. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's Sun. Sun is a very unique talent out of Zimbabwe. And it's that new age rap, sort of hip hop, again, sing rap realm. And we, we don't have much of that in Zimbabwe, but more so we don't have much of it done well. And he has created his own sound. You could take artists like Blackie, Nasty C, Lucas Raps, and you could put Sun in there and he would fit. His album is really, really unique. I would like to think I'm too old to be listening to some of this stuff, but I just found that album well put together. He took time. He gave us something solidly different. So if you're into hip hop, especially the newer age stuff, I highly recommend this album because also coming from a Zimbabwean, what he did was unheard of. Zim keeps churning some amazing talents that, you know, most of the time we don't get to hear them. But on this particular episode or on this particular podcast, you get to hear those otherwise unheard of gems in other parts of the world. So definitely you need to find Sun and uh, stream that particular album. So MJ, we are at the end of our um, albums list and we are now diving straight into the EPs. And before we just go there, I wanted to know uh, from your perspective, right? When you look at the performance of albums and EPs, and when you look at the landscape of African music, which one would you say is the most important one to have in the current Asian time? At this point in time, I don't think it matters too much. It just depends on the artist's ability to churn out music and leverage that uh, churning out uh, with whatever marketing tactics they've got and their listener listenership. Um, however, when you actually start to look at the numbers, in general, even for some of the artists that we've mentioned, people are no longer gravitating towards, um, you know, filler tracks on albums and listening to albums the way maybe it was done back in the day. Because back in the day, there was less music. You could, you could actually sit with an album multiple times. So one person would be streaming the same album, you know, 30 times. You know, 
listening to it back to back and maybe not necessarily streaming, but playing a CD or playing a cassette tape or whatever the case was. So there was a time when listening to music over and over and over again was the thing. Nowadays, what we're seeing is people are listening to sections of a song or maybe the first however many seconds and deciding whether they like the vibe or they don't like the vibe and they move on to the next until they find a song they like. And that's why you're seeing so many varying um, streaming numbers on uh, on sites that show you the streaming numbers like Spotify, uh, where on an album you could have 30 songs and then 10 of the songs have over 100,000 plays and then the rest have like maybe 2,000 here, 9,000 plays here. That data should tell an artist that Am I an album artist or should I just do more singles and EPs um, in the meantime? But it also points to whether um, the value of doing long albums is still around for certain artists over others. There are people like Drake that could do it. People like Wizkid, maybe even um, Burner Boy. Those are people that could drop a 25 track album today. And chances are a lot of the songs will will average out in terms of listenership in numbers that are more in line with every other song on the album besides some true, true, true breakout songs. Whereas other artists, you realize, eh, maybe, you know, it's not in my best interest to put out a 19-track album. Maybe I should put out a 10-track album, 9-track album, and I'm going to get get a better distribution of uh, streams or listeners across my music that way. So I think the data should should be more guiding, but for most artists, especially, you know, up and coming or whatever, even some established ones, I would highly recommend don't do albums, just do singles, EPs. EPs will showcase that you can put together a good good project anyway, but save save the album for a time when you're 100% sure that you can get um back what you put in proper now that is like a and r kind of advice but now from the podcast mj we have uh, an intersecting ep and this is victoni's outlaw seven songs that came out on may 6th this year victoni is this young guy that is really i mean i have found to continually love outlaw as time went on i didn't know that i loved uh, Colomental till maybe two weeks ago when we started putting this particular list. And I was like, okay, let me listen to Victorini. And I found like, hmm, Colomental is actually a very nice song and it burns with time. And then I went to Soweto and it was like the same thing. And I'm like, this, such a very nice song coupled with a very nice uh, video shot for it. And, you know, talking about this vibe, Soweto, and, you know, you hear names like DJ Maporiza, being dropped over there. So what is this uh, area that uh, Victoni is playing in, in this particular album that, I mean, in this particular EP that had you uh, in your list of the EPs for this particular year? Ah, bro, Victoni is fire, man. His voice. You heard his voice, bro? Bruh. I have heard his voice. I've heard a track that he did. Uh, he redid Dami Duro by uh, Davido for these special Spotify studio sessions. And I was like, man, this is just insanely beautiful he's such a good voice but he also knows how to make fire music i can't even begin to describe how i feel about it you know 
the first time I heard about him, I was uh, sitting on a review for uh, Maya Kun's comeback album. And I heard the song Holy Father. And it hadn't been out then because I I had gotten an advanced listen uh, to Maya Kun's um, album. I was like, who the hell is Victoni, man? I didn't know the guy. But when I was talking to the people there, I was telling them, yo, this Holy Father song is going to be a big hit. And whoever sang the chorus killed it. And sure enough, he's just been showing his power and prowess time and again on songs where he's featured in any capacity. And I think the EP, it was just that final sort of seal of approval that, yeah, this guy can do it better than most. Um, the whole EP is fire. It's probably one of the few EPs outrated somewhere around maybe a nine or a 10 out of 10, honestly. A beautiful one. That one is MJ. So I'm going to take you all the way to Angola. And here we are meeting with Anselmo Ralph, a name that if you are a really Kizomba kind of songs lover, this is not going to be a very new name to you. And uh, his EP, Viagens, I don't know if that is the way you pronounce it, Viagens? Viagens. Viagens. Some, some Portuguese, I'm, I'm probably even saying it uh, wrong, but I think it's Viagens. All right, Viagens. We're going to go with that one. No, none of us are Portuguese. but. Anselmo Ralph is that guy. Anselmo Ralph, man. I've been following Anselmo Ralph since 2004. Discovered him on MTV Base Africa. And he's been such a leading artist for Angola for years. He's had breakout hits in Portugal. Some have broken out in Brazil and any other sort of Lucifone territory. Viagens, it's almost like a um, some sort of... A, comeback EP too. I mean, he's known for taking breaks in the industry and he does it very well because he always gives himself time to make music, takes a break for a while. You, you might not even hear from him for like four or five years. And then he comes back again. He's done that before. But Vyajic for me, is since 2020, I think he's he sort of got him, really got him back into the industry far more than he did between 2015 and 2020-ish. And um, yeah, he came back with a really, really, really like um, nice song. I can't remember what the name of the single was from this um, Viagence. But yeah, it's Como Se Te Fosse Pede, whatever it's called. Huge song. This song did so well. And he comes back with Viagence and uh, packages six songs I think two or three that were already released and um, just reestablishes his dominance at the top. He does so well in that um, almost like um, R&B space, sometimes with a little Zouk Kizomba here and there, but um, uh, that R&B space, he's always occupied it and been the top artist out of Angola and um, even going into Portugal. And He's done it again. This guy does not miss, bro. He surely doesn't because I, I, I mean, like if you have known him for 18 years, I, I think I met him around maybe 2012 or somewhere around there. Yeah. And this is because I was watching a lot of uh, the TV Mozambique one. Uh, so all these tracks are going to be there. And that is when I saw Anselmo Ralph. So from Angola... I'm going to take you all the way back to Nigeria again. 
And this is going to be a thing that is very common between between us because <laughs> Nigerian seems to be like these guys, you can't really outwork them, man. Like, however you want to try, they are not people that you're going to say like, oh, they are not going to be in any 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 person's list. They are going to be there and they're going to be there in numbers. So I bring to you horoscopes by Basketball. This is his follow-up from uh, Yabasi that came out in 2020. And it came out on February 10th, 2022. And it has nine songs. So the beauty of Horoscopes, MJ, is that he has really outdone himself in arranging the taste. Like, he's becoming this beautiful and revered tastemaker. Because in here, you have a track that has John Riley, M.I., and Simi. That came uh, in form of uh, love and life, bro. Like, right? You know, like, can you see the difference in that lineup? It's crazy. You know, you have a track uh, with cavemen, the cavemen, Dremo, Flavor, and Falls. That sounds, you know, like this old uh, caveman's uh, ish kind of sound. You know, that is like the Juju and Fuji kind of sound over there, and slightly modernized. So across these nine tracks, what you come across is a diversity of tastes that can be found in Nigeria. Because when you hear a track that the cavemen are there, you definitely know this is something that is different. It's something that is not mainstream. It's something that is on its own track. So Basket Mouth has done something that is beautiful to listen to. Even it came in early in the year, still, it retains that value, that listenability, that replay value is still there in horoscopes. And it's a beautiful uh, body of work. There are tracks there with uh, Benson, Your Body, that is just a track that swipes every other um, by a storm. It's just a beautiful, nice sounding track. And you know, it is really a masterclass in arranging songs to fit a certain narrative and doing a great work at that. I totally agree. I find it interesting when um, somebody who's doubled up as uh, something else uh, then drops music and you have to see them in another lens. And that's sort of like uh, the basket mouth formula. Um, we've also seen it with Sergi Baka who's done the same thing. And surprisingly, those types of creatives always, always have some bangers on their projects, even though their projects might not necessarily get as much, um, you know, eyes on them if they were only primarily musicians. But I think uh, Baskin Mouth is an example of he deserves such a chance to continue doing what he's doing because he's actually really good at it. Very good at it, bro. So I'm taking you back to Namibia. You've been playing in the Southern uh, landscape for some time now. And here we meet with Lioness, uh, EP 2022 Dance and Dance. That is five songs and came out early yeah. in May uh, of this year. Lioness is many things, bro. I didn't really even know the spectrum that she occupies, given that she also does music and many other things behind the scenes. And I was like, how can she juggle all this and making beautiful music? I remember the first track I heard from her and loved was Superstar. 
So what is in Dance and Dance? First of all, uh, shout out to Lioness. Lioness is a doctor, bro. She's a doctor that makes fire music. Like, brah, you're in medicine. It's a demanding career, but you are an upper echelon musician as well. I don't even know what to tell you. I don't know how she does it, but it's brilliant. Dance and Dance is her EP. I think she she dropped it early on in the year. And it is a testament of her career trajectory. When I started doing the African Album Review podcast December 2018, the first album that I that I reviewed was actually Lioness's project. And at that time, she was undiscovered. She was an up-and-coming act out of Namibia. I'd seen a single that she had done with a video, and it was like, wow, who is this? Um, then I discovered her music, followed her on socials. Her career trajectory from then has been crazy. Um, she went on to release um, a project under uh, Empower Africa. So you know she's got something um, special going on there. But this Dance and Dance EP, if you listen to all the stuff from 2018 and you listen to what she's doing now, she found her voice, her true voice. It's very hard for rappers in particular, of which her foundation in music, she's a rapper. For rappers in particular to pivot and find find another sound which is not you know hundred percent like your rap your boom bap and be successful in it to the level that she's taken it she's really found a melody in her music a melody in her voice a different sort of like I'm not just a rapper type of approach but the music is so rich. And it's danceable, it's different, and she always finds her own her own way of um, expressing herself. And the sound palette that you get on Dance and Dance is so good, you know, from uh, songs like Lingenga, which is kind of like house with a little bit of uh, Amma Piano there, and she's got Fowls on there, who's a huge, huge act. And then you get something vibey and groovy as the song Gratitude with uh, another Namibian star, uh, Paige from Ethnics. And then, you know, she she uh, brings Tamimoya from Zimbabwe on Bring Him Over, which has got a dope video, by the way. Um, I just feel like this EP has defined the lioness that I knew was there four years ago, but hadn't quite been discovered. She's just found a way and she's created a fire project. A whole doctor who sings that is lioness for you. MJ, I'm moving to Kenya now and uh, I'm really not going to have so many words about this EP because it just leaves me, you know, without words. And this is Seros Misimu. <laughs> uh, Seros Misimu came out in a very profound way. I had a conversation with her. She's this uh-huh. very talented young musician from Kenya. Just yeah. a pure musician. And she really does an, an amazing job at that. So Misimu's inception, right? It was just this like vision that came to her in a dream. Like, what can I do? And then she went to the studio, worked with uh, our guy, Waithaka on uh, the Misimu track. And that was like the beginning. Like she had this vision of everything that she wanted to put in this body of work. And she really just chose to have 
very few tracks in here and just six coming out from a very strong 2020 album that was Kue that if you haven't really listened to MJ, I'm just going to stop it here and tell you, you really need to go back and listen to Kue because that album is so beautiful. The tastes in there are going to just leave you like, oh, is she Kenyan or is she South African? Is she maybe Somali? Like, where's this girl from? Because it really mixes. It is a true mixing of sounds. It's just a beautiful body of work. So coming from that and then coming to write Misimu, which translates to seasons, is really like profound as profound can be. And the opening track that uh, she did with uh, our guy Waithaka again, uh, Misimu is just like a beautiful track. I mean, like no cap over there. And then we have an interlude that is called Ole. And in this interlude, uh, Sarah features her father. And she just said, like, I had this thing that I wanted to send to my dad. And I, I really knew that I wanted my dad in this particular project. So he recites this line from XX Liatis. And it is there that there is season for everything. You know, the season to plant mm-hmm. and the season to harvest. So it is just like, and it is being read from this point of very seclusion. You know, there's like a very, uh, maybe a river just flowing over there. So you just hear these waters flowing and this old wise man reading you this passage. And it just leaves it at that. You know, so this one interlude contextualizes everything about what this EP is all about. So, I mean, it's just a beautiful body of work that you want to listen to, to just get to understand what really she did here. And it was a project that she said was a very passionate project. Everyone that was um, working on this project gave it their all. You know, uh, she had a track here with Motoria, who is a very talented producer. And she said like, it was very, very hard to get Motoria, but she knew that she wanted Motoria uh, to work together on a track. It's very hard to get to him because he works with the likes of Saudi Soul and everyone else that you know is coming from Kenya. A very young, talented producer. And then he is there. Highly musical. Very, very much. And he, he is here with a track uh, told on, uh, I mean, like called Hold On to the Faith. It's a beautiful track that is, serves as the closer to what is an otherwise beautiful and brilliant project that is really you know as she puts it a vision that was realized in this particular body of work so it's something that you really want to listen to because it is going to be soothing to you you know it is going to make you stop and look and reflect and contextually put this life in because in life there are different seasons and as much as that is like something that you go outside and see that oh it's winter you know it's summer But when you get to sit down and understand what does that mean, that means things change according to time, really makes you appreciate this particular EP even more. I think when you enter the the realm of musicality that, um, you know, Cero operates in, you realize (laughs) how beautiful and otherworldly music can be outside of the surface stuff that's um, usually more commercially promoted and pushed. 
true and very, very true. We're going to go back down south and here we meet Uncle Waffles. You did an amazing, an amazing dig into her career, her beginnings and her superstardom. That video to me is truly groundbreaking and I'm going to urge the listener to just go on MJ Wemoto YouTube channel and just find that video and I'm going to be linking it on the, uh, the today's description. So be on lookout for that one. He goes down and breaks down what DJ Waffles is. And DJ Waffles gave us an EP Red Dragon with four tracks uh, this year. And uh, I mean, there is a big track there and that is Tanzania. And I'm like, why did she choose that? <laughs> it was the first place that she came and performed when she was like outside of South Africa. And bro, this is a bang yeah. from like just listening to it. It was that. And I'm like, what is so Tanzanian about this? You know, I had to ask, what do they sing about it? But it's about vibes. You know, people are having good times. And bro, I'm telling you, you really need to just come here. We don't put chili on our pineapples. But I think Uncle Waffles just told you that <laughs> we have vibes. So the vibes are the vibes here. And it's December. So you can like get, uh, you know, the gist of what is actually happening on this end. Oh, yeah. I think you've, you've said it all, man. Uh, she's another person on my list who's showcased an, um, an exceptional career trajectory, just like Lioness. Uncle Waffles, I mean, from obscurity in the, in the Amapiano world uh, to a viral moment, which she's made every second of an account. And then now she's got a BBC Radio One residency playing, you know, um, 60 minute sets every time. Come on. You cannot tell me that she is not one of the greatest Amapiano exports in the world. And she dropped a debut EP, which is the four track one, um, Red Dragon. And Tanzania is a huge, huge track. Um, she teamed up with the right people. Um, she's gotten every single thing right. Every single thing right since her viral moment. And uh, this EP is an endorsement of that and has done so well. And it, it it's also helped to um, solidify her own sitting in the Amapiano world as being viewed as a talent and not just a pretty face, which is super, super important because there's nothing she's done which she hasn't backed up with talent and hard work. And look at her now. Come on, man. Uncle Waffles is the business. It is scary, bro, that everything is so lined up with her perfectly. That for the past one year, since her viral moment, she has never stopped. And she has literally gone everywhere from doing shows in Ireland, NY, you know, like every freaking place this lady has been there. I mean, I always like try to just see like if the creative corner team can share with us, you know, what really, how are they really working with such a talent to export? Because I think this is a really beautiful case study of how you can use just one single viral moment and 
become a completely different beast. You know, but I don't think that is just what it took. I think it took even more than that. And that is why I'm very, very curious to know how have they been able to maintain the momentum? But I think that is for another time and another day. Uh, MJ, I'm bringing you all the way to Tanzania on my um, fourth uh, choice. And here I had to really look closely because I had uh, a series of uh, releases from Kenya. I love them. I really like enjoyed them but i was like okay is there nothing at home that speaks you know that uh, bongo flavor to the world because boundaries have been uh, thrashed with the digital uh, landscape and to me here we are meeting a very talented and crazy good henman uh, in the name of kusa uh, kusa did uh, what we call the romantic ep Romantic EP came out um, September 1st and it is just five tracks uh, deep. Uh, there was one track there that he features um, John Drille, a very favorite one. And in this particular uh, EP, just as we talked in the album that Harmonize sounded so confident, this is the quintessential bongo flavor sound here. There is no new sound. It is a truly just that sound. You know, you get to hear what makes Bongo Flavor, Bongo Flavor. And he really just goes and writes to you these lyrics that tell you that this man is in love. You know, there's no other way. And he goes in it without even, you know, looking back twice. So he goes and creates a very beautiful body work that anyone can listen to really and enjoy and find something to enjoy in it, whether it is the production, whether it is the lines, whether it's how he plays with the words and write them. This is truly to me something that stood out because of its originality and the fact that it wanted to just be, be pure, uh, the music from Tanzania. And that's something somebody can relate to. Uh, I have like some very, uh, you know, I loved almost four of the five tracks. And to me, track that stood out is Utaniwa, Shemejienu, Gimwage. These are tracks that, you know, back to back, I've been playing them. And every time I find these new words, and I'm like, how did he do that? How could he take this and this and put them together? And Kusa is among this new rising uh, wave of artists from Tanzania that I think are going to go even further because they are seeing where the biggest artists now like Diamonds, you know, the Alikibas have reached. And I think these are going to go even higher than that, you know, surpassing these people because they have this outlook, you know, they know exactly uh, some of the things that they want. The aspirations are there. They see these things and, you know, they are trying to follow these proper channels and make things work. So that was Romantic EP from Kusa that I think it was truly a sound that is very original and very down to the earth. Right. That's a, that's a new name to me. I do need to listen to, the, to that EP. So I'm going to be listening to it. Yes. I'm taking you to Zim and uh, we had this guy, we talked about him uh, several weeks ago, Tanto Wavy. And uh, in here we have his Amasungura EP uh, that is six songs deep uh, came out on April 26th this year. 
a standout track to me in this one, brah, is Ndioyo. I love that one. Very much so. <laughs> That's your favorite. Um, you know what? I, uh, I'm not going to beat the same drum. I really love the song Mio Chize with Joey Rukanza, which is amazing. But the whole EP is fire. It's a different sound. Um, like we said the last time when we spoke about Tanto Wavy, um, the same sentiments um, still apply. So do listen to that episode if you haven't listened to it. But in general, he's found, he's hacked Zimbabwean music. He's found the perfect balance between um, our Sungura sound and um, Ama Piano um, and Afro beats in general. And he's just uh, found this uh, concocted blend, which we love. And that's Amasungura. Highly recommended. Exactly. Uh, very, very highly recommended, by the way. And check out Tanto Wavy because he's just brilliant. The sound that he's making over there, that concussion that MJ is saying is really very, very beautiful and nice. MJ, I'm going to be closing my list, at least uh, my five EPs, with uh, Maybe by Zenia Manasse and Ukweli that came out on November 25th with five tracks. and. I'm trying to just find one word for this one. It was dreamy, beautiful, and just gets you into your feelings all the same at the same time. And it's a beautiful body of work because Zenia is this talented vocalist. Bro. The R&B and the dreamy landscapes that she's creating with this particular body of work is just, you know, for the ages, something that you sit down you know, reflect over, but ask yourself two or three times, where is this person from? Because this music is just otherworldly. It's just beautiful. So that is like what Zenia Manasseh did. And she's a very talented vocalist. She really does a beautiful job with her voice. And teaming up with Ukweli, who was the producer of this particular project, they create an otherwise a madness uh, of uh, tracks in here. And uh, I loved uh, songs like Maybe, Love Me, uh, Love Me and Leave Me, and uh, Lost. These are just like some of those uh, three tracks out of the five that I really, really loved. But there is all of those five tracks in this particular EP are just amazing and uh, beautiful to listen to. MJ, you had um, a very special mention for several EPs that you still loved. And uh, I just wanted us to go through them quickly uh, so that we can close up with them. Uh, and those includes uh, Faves uh, Reading 5 uh, from Nigeria. Uh, you had uh, Blackie for Love from SA. And you have Vicky R, RC extension from Gabon. Uh, I wanted you to talk about them in uh, very short um, stances so that we can have some time to just wish our listeners some uh, very nice words for the holiday. All right, sounds good. Let's start with Fave, uh, Rhythm 5. Fave's voice, bro. <gasps> Fave, yo! Um, and she's got such a good sound. The sound is, uh, you can easily translate it to many different contexts um, and um, cultures and sounds from Africa. And then it, when you travel into that um, African diaspora, uh, realm like the UK and places her sound is going to be easily gobbled up by most people. She's one to watch. I thought the Rhythm, Rhythm 5 EP was a good project um, and she did well. 
Blackie for love, man. Blackie, again, one of the breakout stars um, since the whole pandemic situation came through. What he has done for himself is amazing, but he's managed to find almost like two personas that work for him, which is when he raps, raps, and when he does almost like um, the sing rap with uh, that's leaning more to R&B. And he does both very well. This EP is more on the R&B-ish sing rap side, and he executed it to a T. So this For Love EP is just amazing. Now, Vicky R. Um, she's based in France, Gabonese but is literally the best, the best rapper I have heard this year out of Africa. Vicky R. And I'm not talking female, no. The best rapper out of Africa. She's the one. Her talent is ridiculous. And to me, right now, right now for me, Vicky R, for sure, the best rapper out of Africa and then you can find who's number two, three, four, or whatever. But Vicky R, Gabon, watch out. We need to put that into the conversation. I think when I'm posting this episode, I'm just going to say Vicky R, the best rapper in Africa currently. And, you know, uh, that will go around and create some buzz because everyone, every time is like Nasty C, Aries, uh, and the like. But there's someone there in Gabon, French-based, and it's madness. <laughs> it's madness. So I had uh, I had uh, three as well on my side, mm-hmm. and I wanted to give a shout out to John Drille. Uh, the home EP was magical. It is spectacular that uh, he's giving us works back to back now. I think he's he has found his lane now, given that he had some time to be quiet. But the home EP is something extremely special and nice. You're gonna love it because it is different taste over there. You know, there's a, this Fuji track that he has uh, with um, uh, Fino. And, you know, like, it's just like something that is not so John Drille. But then when you remember that this guy is a musical genius, you're like, oh, just go ahead. Uh, give me something else. Uh, you know, that is going to be new because I, I really know that you're going to be, you are capable of doing all these things. Uh, another one was Lido Kule by Mlindo, the vocalist, which is, an amazing uh, talent from South Africa, not just a talent. He's an amazing artist. You know, um, Lindo's previous album was the best selling album in South Africa, I think for a year. And it was like, you know, how can you do that? But Lindo did that. And um, he's really quite special. This EP that has seven tracks is a beautiful body of work. And uh, the last one is going to be Nyashinsky's four tracks uh, therapy EP uh, that he released as part of his uh, Shin City tour. He said that these are going to be his tracks or these are his tracks uh, that are reflective of where he is now mentally. And um, <laughs> Yashinsky Bra is this rapper that, you know, you can't, when you say like you, you are the best than him, he'll just give you one track and you'll be like, how does this man even write? You know, where does he get these words? Because he makes these things so seem so easy, you know, like he doesn't use a lot of efforts. You know, he doesn't have to find these lines. He makes it, you know, like an illusion, like magic. So this is the guy he has been 
uh, featured in several tracks, has had uh, his own tracks, and he is now uh, having this called Shin City, which is his own tour. And he has done two of those, one in Nairobi and one in Eldoret. So these are his own uh, very nicely curated touring shows that he is the only act performing there. You know, uh, on the last uh, one that he did in Eldoret, he had his Keplomaniacs friends, you know, the group that they were doing uh, this hip hop thing in the early 2000s on the stage. So they came together and performed this very famous track to Endelea, Matusi Endelea, among other hits. And people really lit up and went mad. So he's still doing this. He's doing it very large, uh, even though this EP is now just exclusive on Boomplay and of course in YouTube. But when you listen to this guy and the way that he writes and the way that he executes his music, you know, you have the picture of an artist that is just striving to be better and better every day. And it doesn't seem like he's struggling to do what he's struggling, even though we know to reach that level, you have to be very different in mindset. So he is, to me, really, one of the best things that has ever happened on the East African side. And if he says that I'm going to be making an album, rest assured that thing that is going to be coming next is just going to be fire, really, because he can play on a very different landscape. Yeah, your first uh, album that you did review was Lionesses. Mine was Jashinsky's <laughs> Like You uh, as part of what I like when I started doing a review. So I really like what he does and he does it very, very, very beautifully. Yeah, you're right. That that whole klepto era, I mean, really built him. But Jashinsky is one of the most um, musically gifted if you want to call them rappers, I've ever heard. So um, I haven't heard this EP. And I, I, I hate, I have to say this to all artists. I really, 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 really hate it when you just put your music on one platform and then the rest of us cannot access it. And I have to say that because it's the bane of my existence when I'm trying to listen to something or review something, but it's on a platform that I cannot access. So, yeah. Fine. I had to say. Um, and just quickly, I know you're going to ask me about this, but I felt disingenuous not uh, to, to include any any album or EP that was released uh, from November onwards. I just feel like it's too new uh, to include in the end of year list. So that's my answer. That includes the album by the amazing Whiskey, More Loveless Ego, of course. Yes. Yeah, we're going to be picking up, <laughs> picking it up after it picks up steam some other time. MJ, this is going to be airing after the holidays. Those are the Christmas. But I think in time uh, for the New Year's, we have had a very beautiful run since we started doing this. And um, the response that I'm seeing from our very latest episode that we did uh, on Kevin, Kevin Momo is truly insane because I'm like, okay, where all these listeners come from. So I really like to appreciate everyone out there who takes their time and listen to uh, the content that we are putting out. It really is uh, an immense pleasure to uh, talk to me, talk music uh, with MJ because MJ's strength is really, um, you know, those skills to find tunes that no one else really is willing to find them. And, you know, sending up his time 
to really do this uh, with me every week, uh, week in, week out for the past uh, nine weeks has been really amazing. And I think we are finding a very good traction here. So MJ, uh, thank you very, very, very much for, uh, you know, since you agreed to do this uh, and, you know, keeping up to your word and continually doing this. I've been enjoying it so, so much. And I hope that we continue to uh, bring these conversations because we really don't uh, have so many channels to get to talk about music the way that we talk about it every week and week in, week out. No, that's that, that's um, awesome, bro. My pleasure as always. And um, yeah, we do this for anybody who's listening and uh, who enjoys um, African music in particular. So uh, that's why we we make a plan every week. Any message for our listeners for the New Year's from the land that is minus 31 degrees today? Um, in the time that we've been talking, it's now, it's now, um, minus 27. So things are looking up. Slightly better. It's unimaginable for a person who lives here to think about minus 26 degrees. Really not. (laughs) Yeah, uh, it could be worse, but you know what? Um, take this holiday period, uh, be with family, be with friends and just, you know, rest up and uh, get ready for, for, for the new year. I think it's just important to reset and uh, take a look, take stock of uh, your life and find ways where you can improve. I think um, that's uh, what uh, this time of year is geared towards, but yeah, um, more rest, more music, um, good food and wine. Those are the words of the wise man of the podcast. And I'm not really going to be adding anything else. This has been a pleasure to do this week in, week out. This is our very last episode for the year 2022. So we'd like to thank you very much if you have been with us from the very beginning. And if you are a new listener, please, you have like nine episodes to go back to and listen to these amazing conversations that we have every other week. So till the new year, please take care of yourself, you know, and have a very prosperous one. And, you know, make those goals, as MJ said, have that wine you know, chill and reflect. So till next year, when we are going to be dropping this, uh, our MJ edition ends here for this year. And thank you very much for listening to us week in, week out. Bye-bye. Peace. Bye.